On Your Neighbor Is, we aim to bring you the stories of everyday people and their creative pursuits and passions. We pass by so many people in our daily cycles and don't always get to know the ones who are around us. So on our podcast, we want to highlight some of these people, people that can even live on your same block, as we push our slogan, Get to Know Your Neighbors. Welcome to our podcast. This is Your Neighbor Is. My name is Gabe. My name is Brian. And we are your hosts. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. You know, another beautiful day in Jersey. Starting to warm up a little bit. It was uh, over 80 today, and I just got the notification that it's going to be 87 in beautiful Teaneck tomorrow. So It is kind of wild, yeah. Yeah, it's wild. You know, Not looks complaining, like... though, you know. Sam, looks like spring has sprung and then some. One little side note that we got to bring up because I feel like our guy, um, sound guy Joe, is about to come for our next. I think we forgot about our man again on the last episode to shout him out. We're slacking, and, you know. And I'm pretty sure Amanda's going to like put in his resignation paper soon if we don't I, get the I, shit I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get the Slack notification from him saying, <laughs> hey, uh, got got 10 minutes for a quick chat? <laughs> Can we connect real quick? Anyway, yeah. But, Joe, but shout out to you. Joe, bro. Thank you for holding it down as always. For sure. But yeah, so on today's episode, we got the talented music artist rapper, Jake Gatsby. What's up, man? What's good, guys? Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here, virtually. <laughs> Yeah, man, no doubt. Thanks for being on the show. Show. What's good? How's it out there? How you doing? It is dark. When you said it was 86 degrees, I shocked. <laughs> um, it's like, I don't know, 60s here, can't complain. It's like drizzling a little bit, humid as fuck. But the city is coming alive. Masks are, I don't know, off, I guess. It's very confusing. In right, the city. nah, I believe it. Because Chicago dictates everything, but the governor, yeah. you know, the state has their own thing. So right, it's right. good. The The weather's all right. I'm alive. I'm breathing through a mask. But other than that, like I said, you just I could complain, but I won't. I feel you. I think the, yeah, summer's going to be crazy in terms of this, like, taking off the masks and everybody just being out here. I was in, like, New York a couple of weeks ago, and, like, the streets were just packed, so... That's what I'm saying. And I'm a mouth breather, so <laughs> who knows? Right, right. But yeah, man, so the way we, we usually start off the show is just, you know, asking about where you grew up, like where you're from, and how, you know, your neighborhood impacted you getting into the, the creative path that you're on now. So Yeah, so I grew up in Tinley Park, just south of the city. I would say it's demographic wise, it's like it was 80% white, maybe more. I didn't know very many. I'm Asian, so I didn't know very many other Asians or very few black people. And I think there were a lot, there were a growing number of Middle Eastern people as I was getting older and then before I left the first time to go to school. But like, it was oddly actually, it's like the everybody knows Tinley Park for like this, the tweet, what was 
previously called the Tweeter Center. So it's like when you talk about music and stuff, it's like a huge convention center that everybody from around like Chicago and the area would um, come to watch concerts. So like I didn't ever, we never had, I never had the money to go to them, but it's bizarre. Like as I'm thinking about how it shaped me or impacted me, I don't know. I don't think that had anything to do with me making music, but it's, it's weird that the city that I'm from is known for like, oh, that's where I went and saw my first concert. But other than that, it's like pretty quiet. Not, yeah, it's pretty quiet. It's like I grew up with my, with my mother and my brother and my grandparents moved in. My dad and mom split. So I don't know. A lot of my shit was really sad at first <laughs> for a while. You know, you, you write stuff that you don't talk about, I guess. Right. Um, but my environment like that was just, y'all probably already know from the five minutes of conversation we've had previous before this, like I just make jokes constantly. So I don't know. I never really talked about stuff I was doing. It was always stuff I was feeling. You know how a lot of artists either talk about what they're doing or what they're feeling. And some of the good ones talk about both. Mine was always internal to me until I got older, you know, so where I grew up was just, it wasn't like, I don't feel like I was a product necessarily of my environment, but right. I definitely feel like the people I grew up around and the way I grew up, I guess, shaped a lot of the, like my creative choices and like music selection and beats and stuff and the stuff everybody around me was listening to, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes, like you said, like it's not really the the exact in, environment that you're in but just like the people that you grew up around that really like kind of influence what you get into yeah because yeah. i don't even know if i would consider like like where me and brian are from in teenag i don't know if i really consider it like oh this town is like all about like hip-hop music or something mm -hmm. it's really more like you know the people that were like in our high school and that we were friends with that were like in that culture yeah when you say teenag is that an abbreviation like what, no, what? that's literally the name of our town. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, y'all made it hip as hell. Um, <laughs> but no, like, yeah, for me, to build on that, like, my grandfather listened to oldies and, like, crooners, huge Sinatra fan. His voice is, like, man, or his voice was, like, very deep and, like, reverent sounding, and um, he would sing all the time. And then my mother listened to, like, jazz and loved jazz for that reason i think i wrote a ton of love songs like R i loved r&b and like stuff that's very emotional based and like a lot of the beats i picked ended up being like piano or guitar or strings like there's highs in a lot of the beats back you know when i first started so all of that stuff shaped my writing and like shaped my i guess my writing style to like stuff that's not you know very clever but not super necessarily catchy all the time because like those those crooners back then like Nat King Cole, Frank Sinatra, these dudes who were just singing amazingly like full-bodied songs, they were never like catchy. It was just like they're talking some real shit. Right. So I think that shaped me. And then like my brother introduced me to hip hop. We can get into that, but yeah, I think I think I, I think a huge part of it is just what the people around you listen to and what they make cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you're young, it's like, oh, man, this person made this cool. It's it's similar to now when you start hanging around with somebody you like and they are into street fashion and they make it cool. And like they talk about it with a 
with like a passion, you're like, damn, that is fly actually. And then you start to kind of adopt it, you know? That's true. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I, I agree that, that it's definitely the more of the, the environment is just as much the people as it is the place. Yeah. And I feel like with any performer, like you said, you know, you have to have that sort of reverence for the art form, you know, as the baseline before yeah. wanting to really like seriously dip into it, you know, because it's like, yeah, all these people talk about, okay, the first time I saw this person on TV or at a concert or the first time I heard this, you know, the first yeah. time I, yeah, even on a level like we were talking about, like the first time I was at school and people were in a cipher, you know, and I really loved that. And I really felt like this was something I could be good at. You know, a lot of yeah, times it, I feel like that's yeah. the springboard. And, and what's know? crazy is like, bro, it's so much about how how you end up feeling about that moment. Like if you were having a great day, the first time I ever listened, the first time I ever heard Tupac, if I was having a shitty day or something awful had happened to me that day that put a cloud over the whole day, maybe hip hop would not have the same feeling in me. You know what I'm saying? Because now I've associated that moment. Like, bro, you'll be listening to songs now. I've been listening to songs now. There was, there was a time that was really hard uh, when I was younger that I was having a really hard time with growing up with just my mom. And there was music I remember from that time that I was listening to or that was out. No Scrubs was one of those joints. Alicia Keys had some like joints at the time that are now super loved. Like If I Ain't Got You was back then. I remember like everybody loves a song, but because of the moment that I was in when I heard the song, I can't stand it. You know what I'm saying? Or and I can I can identify that now, but there's times where you'll hear stuff now and you'll be like, man, I don't know what it is about that. I just don't like it. But if you really try and look inward, you know, we talked about therapy and stuff. If you try and look inward, you're like, oh, my goodness, it was because this and and that and this happened on that day that I happened to hear the song. And from that moment forward, I associated that song with that feeling. And I just couldn't get over that. It's kind of crazy how like songs can kind of just like permeate our lives like that. And that we have like memories and like feelings just attached to them. Yeah. After like so many like years later, like it's kind of. It's just wild how that works. I never really like thought about that, but it's true though. It's like smells, you know, they say like smell nostalgia is like smells can bring back every, like, you know, it's, it will remind you of something from the furthest point, but like music's that way too. In my opinion, it's like, I remember when I first heard like Dear Mama. I remember right. when I first sang a song for Mama by Boyz to Men. Like, I remember this stuff because that those moments were so impactful. You know, yeah. it's not necessarily like, oh, I love the song, like this, the, the way it's written, the, you're just like, nah, just for some reason, the song makes me feel really good. And then you look into it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why. This hey, is Kevin. so deep, so early. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's beautiful. I mean, that's what, you know, that's what we want, man. Let's get to Let's get to you know, and it's like, but you're right, though. And I, I mean, I feel like on that level, like those type of experiences with music early, because I totally feel the same way. You know, it's like certain songs I just associate with being a kid, you know, and my parents like singing that to me and my brother as we were trying to go to sleep. And it's like, even now, you know, 20 plus years later, it's like I hear that song and suddenly I'm thinking, fuck, it's a little dusty in here, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and that's like such a beautiful part of music. And I feel like, yeah, anybody who's a, who's a musician, who's a writer, anything like that, you know, they're remembering that sort of initial 
pull and that initial feeling of wow like what am i feeling right now like mm-hmm. what is this like song bringing out of me you know yeah, and and, yeah, and yeah. i think that's a beautiful thing to to keep that with you you know as you progress in your journey as a musician yeah no definitely i, I mean i don't know old, like i'll be singing songs from the 50s and stuff that come on the radio or something and people be like what the f- why do you know this song i'm like <laughs> man i remember laying in my grandpa in the back of my grandpa's car like and it was just oldies 104.3 was busting every day and i was just like man i love these songs now yeah i don't know totally. it's crazy so do you like i mean just tying back to that do you kind of when you approach making songs do you kind of like recall those times of you having memories of these songs and try to like maybe make something that you think will like stick with people and to like a certain memory or just like you know, they associate going through like a certain time or emotion. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I don't when I hear the beat or something or somebody people send me, you know, they send beat packs or something. I find that like when I look back at the ones that I selected, a lot of them are very similar. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, not on purpose, but it was like, oh, they all have kind of like a thread that runs through them all because I'll be like, oh, wow, that that sounds like the chord progression from back then or that sounds like mm-hmm. something that something that my grandpa would have loved or something like that and then now i'm now it's like trap beats and stuff but you know like (laughs) back back when i was going and like when i first fell in love with it it was so heavily influenced by like my family and like the people that i looked up to so yeah it's like and then when i'm making songs now it's just i'm just trying to make everybody you know you feel alone sometimes when you're writing a lot of people feel alone when they're writing and the best thing that you could do the best thing that could ever happen to somebody who writes for catharsis is like, I don't know, Gabe, I don't know if you do shows, but like when I do shows and I'm, and I see people vibe into the shit that I wrote about sadly, and I felt alone in, that's like a hug, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, I haven't been able to like, cause I put out like an EP last year where I kind of had some songs like that. Yeah. And I haven't been able to like perform it cause of like the pandemic and all that, but just like, even having people like contacting me saying like you know like this certain song like I really connect to it because of like everything you were talking about yeah. that's like the the same thing you're talking about right there like just knowing that someone could really like connect with like something that you've been through it kind of just feels like you know like you said like you're not alone and that like other people are out there going through things with you yeah yeah and it's not like you know I'm I'm logical enough to know like if I'm going through something several people have been through it but when you are in that space it don't ever feel like that. You know what I'm right. saying? You feel like, oh man, this is the worst. This is forever. I'm never getting out of this. It's like when you're too high. You know what I'm saying? You're like, this is, I'm, I'm going to die like this. Totally. So, yeah. This is just life now. I'm stuck like yes, this. this. Oh no, <laughs> I should not have smoked that. Now I'm, what happened to me? I used to be such a good boy. And like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So like, that's what I do. When I'm writing, I'm just trying to have people feel have people like access emotions and make it okay for people to be like, damn. Cause I've had homies like tough motherfuckers be like, yo, that, you know what song of yours is my favorite? And they'd be talking about the softest one. And I'm like, damn. Right. Come here. Give me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel you though. Cause it's like, you would probably think in your mind, like, oh, everybody's going to go to like the song that I made. That's like the radio mm-hmm. hit or whatever. But mm-hmm. When people like bring up the one that's like most like personal to you, it's like, 
oh, like yeah. people really are like connecting to me and not just like looking for something to turn up to or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's just the best feeling in the world for a performer, for a, for any creative. You know, it's like you 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 do a painting. I can't imagine what it's like to do an abstract and have people love it. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like, wow, what the f- y'all really like that? <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like I feel like yeah, for for a lyricist, you know, a lot of times. Of course, you know, metaphors used and other sort of things are used and meanings can be mm-hmm. hidden. But I feel like lyricism, you know, in any sort of music is one of the more sort of literal things, you know, perhaps just because it's so, I don't know, because there are other factors at work. Like you want it to be a memorable song, you know, perhaps you want it to rhyme, you know, mm-hmm. you want it to be able to be contained within you know three minutes four minutes five minutes whatever but yeah i mean that's a great point you know abstract painter you know just breaking out in the world probably have to endure a lot of showings where people are like um like okay like imagine if they had youtube comments back then (laughs) my god people like (laughs) fucking you up off some abstract paintings but you know that's why I'm like, I never, I try to never dog people's creativity ever because motherfuckers go through it, man. I don't know. I'm very sensitive to people's creations. I feel that. Yeah. I mean, cause it's kind of like, you know, it's hard to tell somebody like, cause when you're bashing somebody's art, it's almost like telling them like, oh, you're expressing yourself wrong. As yeah. if there's like a wrong way to express yourself when you're an artist. Which is not, it's not really a thing because everybody, you know, approaches it differently. That's why now when I judge people, I just finish it with like a LOL or like, I just, you know, I just, <laughs> I'd be like, wow, this is trash <laughs> in my opinion. You see, now it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm thinking you might need to moonlight as a comedian. All right. Because you got me dead so far this episode. <laughs> But it's funny you mentioned that because it's like, yeah, you know, our generation is the one where it's like, if we get a text like that and there isn't the LOL, we're like, oh, wow, you're dry. Yeah. Wow. This person is rude. This person's mother raised them improperly. (laughs) Anyway, though, yeah, I mean, I think as any artist, that's really like a great quality to have, you know, being open to multiple other sorts of you know styles of creation as a musician open to multiple other sorts of music you know you you touched on it a little bit earlier when you said you know previously maybe you were going with more perhaps like guitar instrumental driven beats you know when i was listening to your ep from 2019 you know i definitely could hear that but you mentioned possibly like moving away from that Mm -hmm. Is that something that you kind of, you know, think about with your beat selection now? Or is it kind of just, you know, what's best for what I'm trying to write? Like, what's the process sort of there? Now it's like, all right, so so I'll answer both of those. So now when I'm picking beats, I'm just, a lot of times, and I found, like, I found this, and people talk about it all the time. It's like, I'll get six or seven beats from Epidemic, is like one of the Epidemic's a producer up here that, Wait, first of all, shout out to, let me just do that. Shout out to Epidemic. He was, he just got a placement on Khaled's album. He mixed Jeremiah on Khaled's album. So um, he's going to get a, he's going to get a plaque this year. Yeah. But, um, so I'll get six or six or seven from him. 
and I'll hate five of them. But like I said, I'll go back three weeks, four weeks, six months later and listen back to that pack. And I'll pick two of them all of a sudden that I hated from before because I'm in a different mindset now. So it's just so based on how I'm feeling when I'm when I feel like writing and what's in my head or how I want to talk or even like the voice that I'm using in my head to write. You know, Gabe, like when you write, you probably have a tone that you're trying to that you hear in your writing. And when you're listening to a beat, you try and fit that tone to that beat. And then also the melody, the drums have to be that same vibe that you're talking about. So like now that's what drives everything before. I think everything that I was trying to talk about was emotional and sad and, you know, less, it was just very pointed to being like, I'm literally just trying to get my feelings out. And like everything I'm trying to say is just emotional about love or it's emotional about being, feeling alone or it's emotional about being poor, you know, stuff like that. Like now there's a little bit more of a mixture. So my beats aren't as heavily driven by like, the melody being emotional and now I've, I've become better I think so I can pick beats that don't drive that I carry that in what I'm saying or how I'm delivering or you know or what I'm writing you know what I'm saying so from like a process standpoint it's just I go both ways sometimes I'm listening to sometimes I'm listening to beats and I'll start feeling something or I'll access you know you got if any writer's got hundreds of notes in their phone so I'll be like scrolling through stuff while I'm listening to beats and something will fit. And I think I'm pretty good at putting myself back in those shoes of the moment that I wrote that. And then I'll just, I could, you could go off for eight, like a eight, 16, 32 at a clip just because you're so engulfed in that feeling again. And then I'll write to it. And then sometimes I'll throw it out and then I'll find something better, a beat that works better or just as good. Or sometimes it's strong enough and I just finish it out and then I book the sessions and, you know, I'll do references at the crib and I got a little setup. And then one of our other producer homies has a setup and we're always trying to, he's always trying to cook. So like, I'll just do a couple takes and then we'll get in the studio and then we'll knock it out. Or I'm like writing and I have a whole thing written. And this is usually when it like takes longer is so I'll have something totally written and then you know, you've painted too far of the painting in your head that you can't find the canvas for it. So I'll just be listening to beats over and over and over trying to find something until finally I'll find one. And people be like, damn, you wrote that fast. And I'm like, no, I didn't write that fast. I wrote that a year ago. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's the process is, is evolving always. I try to always have like a candle when I'm, when I'm doing references, just because it, it's like, I don't know, that's my constant candle and Hennessy or whiskey or something dark Mm. and then I'll just try and get into the zone and then I'll be up until like way too late or early in the morning and be like oh I'll wake up and be like oh wow that was trash (laughs) (laughs) damn that was ass (laughs) you're like yeah and 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 eight hours earlier you're like fuck this is I'm it like, this no, is what I, <laughs> I, I really need to quit my job man <laughs> no nah, I, I mean i'm definitely i'm about to email them right now <laughs> yeah no nah, i feel like i've definitely been through that like whole same process where like a a certain beat or whatever will like elicit a an emotion from me and then i kind of just like cater the song or like cater what I'm writing to like that type of sound. Mm-hmm. And then there is moments like that where you're saying where like 
you know, you've maybe gotten through like half a verse or something. And then like after a while of just like going over it again, you're not really feeling it. And then you just like scratch it and start all over again. So I think, I don't know, everything is kind of like in the moment type stuff of they're like, like, you know, inspiration will hit you out of nowhere. Yeah, like how long can it last? And right. Like, okay, put it away. And then maybe inspiration will hit again and it lasts for eight more bars. And then next thing you know, you got a song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's, that's dope. It's, it's, it's good and bad to be like that. I mean, I could imagine having like, oh man, I got eight hours every day. I got it blocked for the next three weeks to go in the studio and just try and have whatever come to me, come to me. But we don't, you know, a lot of people don't have that luxury. So it's just as when it hits, I try and write it down. Listening to Cole's album, like, man, I was like, oh boy, I'm back in my bag. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like, I mean, I guess you talked about it a little bit. So, going back to the Take Your Time EP, like, what was your whole, like, mindset going into that project? Because I think one thing that I was talking about with Brian before we started was that, like, I feel like on that project, you kind of sound like, you know, like, the hungry rapper, and you've got, mm -hmm. like, all these, like, ambitions and aspirations, and you're, like, you know, talking about, like, having a drive and going after it. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. in the the more like recent singles, like Who You and Leveled Up and all that, you almost sound like like a little more like confident and like you're in yeah. your zone and talking you're like, that shit now. Yeah, exactly. So it's funny, you know, it's actually dope that I lo I love focused questions like this. So like on Take Your Time, the end of Take Your Time, it was gonna be like flat. That's exactly what the vibe was, and then the last song I was it was gonna be six. The last song was going to be looking back on the moment that I was in writing it. You know what I'm saying? I was putting, I was going to put myself in the shoes of like 10 years down everywhere. I visualized myself and writing as if from the perspective of that, looking back on the moment that I was living right now. Mm -hmm. And um, it never, it ended up transpiring the way it did just based off of how we finished the EP. And then we traveled and got it mastered and stuff. And the timing was just right to put it out without that that it seems like it's interesting that you identify that because like it seems like the two or whatever two out of the three that came after that was that moment of like oh i'm in a different space now now that i got all that shit out you know what i'm saying yeah. but it was it was definitely like a hungry the the a hungry vibe the concept was like take your time the first song on the on the ep was was written bro in like 2014 mm. <laughs> and <laughs> and then i finished you know the the rest of the songs did put out a, put out or was doing stuff in between that never came out and then i remember riding the train into the city one day and i was like you know what like i'm gonna release it on this day and i was like no 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 i'm gonna release it on on this day and then i was like oh but it's been but it's been so long what are people gonna think like if i do i want to do a single but then it's like oh i've been away for a couple years why would i put a song put one song out motherfuckers be like oh this ain't you know, that's what you've been on. So right. I was like, and then I got this moment of sobriety where I was like, fuck that. This is my time. I'm going to put it out whenever I want, whenever I feel like it's the right time. And then I was like, okay, it's going to be called Take Your Time. I rem like, I remember that moment. Mm. And then, I don't know, I was just, it felt right. It felt like perfect. And then I tried to make it so that in the EP, I'm, I'm like going off on a tangent, but in the EP, I tried to make it so that every aspect of life was covered in it you know take your time the first song was like a hungry joint the second was no names which is like me and the homies 
I used to be a fighting ass motherfucker back a little bit ago. <laughs> and that was the no names was that joint. And then the third song was fantasy maybe, which is a love making song. And then the fourth one was long way. And then the fifth one was La Brea, which is like a, my ex song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, I wanted to make sure that, you know, long way turned up and then La Brea was like every single aspect of, of your life can kind of be, can kind of be in that except for abandonment, which was, I was there that came after the EP and then that pretty much mm. rounded it out. And now I'm like, all right, now I can make whatever I want, you know? Yeah. Right. right. I, I, I think just going back to something you said, you know, I had this sort of moment where I was like, I'm just going to drop this, you know, it's, it's uh -huh. time to drop it, you know? And I feel like for any sort of artist, a lot of times people are too concerned about, oh, it's got to be the perfect time or it's got to be the perfect season or, oh, I've got to have this in line. I've got to have this in line. I've got to have the hype built up. You know, I've got to do right. this. But right. And there's a lot a of times. That, hey, there's a value to that, too, you know. No, totally. Totally. I mean, you know, something for any artist, especially in hip hop, you know, I feel like of any sort of music genre right now, hip hop is the one where your quote unquote rollout matters the most, yep. you know, like right. a lot of times if you're rolling out a single and it's, you know, song of the summer potential, you got to have a video for it. Or if you're rolling out, you know, a single that's lit and it's teasing the album, you got to have the album ready on the way within, you know, two or three weeks, you know, yep. So I feel like you're you're totally right. Like that definitely does matter. But on the flip side, like I feel like that for, you know, an artist just kind of starting out, you know, if that was like your first real like official, you know, on streaming project, a lot of times that can sort of be paralysis by analysis in a way, you yep, know, like yep. I'm too busy chalking myself up to this artist or whoever and, oh, they've got this, I don't have it. They've got that, I don't have it. Yeah. And a lot of times that can just kind of push you down. The thief and, of joy. Yeah, yeah. Thief of joy and also okay. thief of getting something out there, which I feel like, you know, I mean, I think you guys would know more than me, but I feel like, you know, as a rapper, once you get something out there, the next step is just, okay, boom, like, let me build on this and let me build on this for my next project. And, you know, okay, I've, I've written this, I've gotten it out into the world. Now I can sort of, learn yeah. from that take from that you know all the good things and, yep. and, and also and move on know. from it yep exactly yeah move on and and just sort of evolve into the next project type thing that's what i'm saying it's like you know that's that's that is my music at least summed up is like i'm going to take everything that i'm feeling i'm going to put it out there and i'm going to try and grow from it and now that it's out there i can move on from it you know what i'm saying it's just acknowledging right. it's like the the realest form of accountability in my mind for sure i mean like you said you you kind of you work on these songs for like a, a certain amount of time because that's like the zone you're in and that's like what you're going through and once you like get it out there and release it to the world then you can like start approaching new topics or like new experiences or whatever mm -hmm. and, I, and i think there's like touching back on what you and Brian were saying, there's like a, a balance in there in terms of like the time thing and going back to like the, the EP being called Take Your Time. Like you definitely, you do have to take your time with things as an artist because I feel like that's when the quality really like 
stands out is when you know you can tell that an artist like took their time working on something and really put like some thought into it but then you also have to have the other side of like not letting you hold yourself back by thinking like oh every little like detail has to be exact or else like i can't put it out there so it's kind of like a a balance between the two yeah definitely that's just like that is the bane of music making right so then going forward from take your time like we were talking about on the singles where you kind of sound like confident and in your zone now like like what's the mentality going forward for like a a future project yeah so when i did who you that was actually produced by a dude named jimmy park here in the city and it was just uh again that was a beat that i hated i hated at first and then I remember walking around in my old apartment, just like, I, I need to write something. I didn't know what it was. And I was going back through old, I put all the, I put all the production that I get sent into a folder. So I'm just clicking through, clicking through. And then that beat comes on and it's just like, it felt like October. You know what I'm saying? It felt like that beat feels like Halloween. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to talk some shit on this. So Shit's getting spooky now. Yeah, it's spooky <laughs> season. And I am easily scared, my friends. So I was like, (laughs) so I wrote it. And then it was just, for some reason, after the EP came out, I was there, was already written. It was almost like I was um, drained of emotional writing for a little bit. So I was like leveled up and then who you. And then I did a feature for for this artist in Spain. And it was, again, it was like very, none of it was very heavy stuff to listen to. It was quite easy listening. It's like stuff that you drive to or party to or whatever. And I was like, wow, looking back now in this moment, like talking to you guys, it's like, yeah, I feel, I remember feeling like I just don't have the urge to write anything emotional. So I got that out. And then um, now I've got like, you know, pre-COVID I was doing, I was trying to do a song a month. And um I was on pace for it. And I had like, I had, you know, I had three or four ready for the first four months of like February through, I don't know, June or whatever. And I did like two shows. I remember doing two or three shows in February and then All-Star Weekend. And I was like, I did a show on All-Star Weekend or I did two on All-Star Weekend. And I was like, oh, it's really ramping up. And then COVID in like the first week of March or whatever, and everything just went down the drain so i was like oh man it took the you know it kind of takes the wind out your sails for for everyone or well i imagine for everyone so i was like all right let me just hold on to these and keep writing and keep making songs and now i've got just a bunch in the holster ready to fire on these motherfuckers but again it's just like when things are at like 95 you could go from zero to 95 percent in 10 seconds and then it takes you 10 years to get from 95 to 100 so that's kind of where where it sits right now but i am back to emotional writing and nobody knows this besides you guys and a couple people in my life the next project is going to be called heartbreak jake so we are back at it i was just gonna ask you know when you know who you definitely seems like a strong candidate for a lead single Perhaps it's not. Perhaps it's just a standalone single. But, you know, something I was definitely going to ask is, is when can we expect the album? So, fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So any... it's going to be, it's going to be, um, it'll be fall. It'll be fall. Nobody wants to get emotional in the summer. 
<laughs> True. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be fall. No date, but I will say, but I am committed to fall. I think I have, I have like four and a half out of what I'm trying to do is seven. So okay. I have four and nice. a half, and then I have two and a half to write out of the two and a half million lines that are in my phone. So <laughs> right. we'll see how that shapes up. <laughs> Got to parse them down. Right, right. So what would your approach, is there any sort of different approach you're taking for this album? You know, Heartbreak Jake so, conveys yeah. a certain sort of emotion just off the title. So is yeah. there any sort of like concept, you know, so maybe not concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really just, you know, in love and in life and in people leaving, coming and going, in being poor. You know, I grew up, I grew up in not a necessarily poor area or neighborhood or environment, but we were, you know, my mother was a single mother and um, she had three wow. jobs and therefore like my grandparents moved in. So that feeling, you know, I remember vividly, we're getting deep again, but like, I remember vividly one of the songs that's be, that's been very hard to write is like the one about my mother. And it's like, I remember a moment of like, there was like a turning point in my life, in my childhood, where she was, she was like very emotional about bills. And like, we would have people calling the house about paying bills. And then my grandmother in Tagalog, in, in Tagalog, which is Filipino, would be telling me like, when I was being bad, she'd be like, you, how, how dare you be bad when your mom's crying, you know, every night about the bills. And I remember like coming upstairs one night and she had I like, you know, you could see certain stuff in your head. So I remember seeing the door cracked open and she's sitting Indian style on the bed with envelopes like opened up all around her and she's trying to figure out how it's going to all work. And um, she was like crying and I was too young to be like, mom, it's all good. I was just like, oh, that's sad. And then, uh, you know, I went in, went into my room and started playing Nintendo or whatever the fuck I was playing. And then now fast forward to Heartbreak Jake and I'm like, I cannot get the image out of my head. So once I, again, once I write that out and once that's out there, hopefully, hopefully that makes it. <laughs> but once that's out there, I'll be able to maybe move on from that. And so the concept is, is in everything. It's in abandonment, in love, in friendships, in money and struggles. It's going to be, that's the heartbreak of, of everything. It's going to be in dreams and in everything. So it's not going to be so somber, but it's all of it's going to be, emotionally driven that's that's just the overarching concept is like people coming and going for the good and the bad i like that concept because i feel like maybe off of just hearing the title somebody might assume that it's just like a full-on like you know love song relationship mm -hmm. project mm -hmm. but the fact that you're like applying like the the idea of heartbreaks like all these different like life experiences and situations i think it's going to make for a pretty like interesting listen for people yeah no that's it's a strong concept I fell in love with when my somebody that I a mentor of mine and a, and a good friend of mine who who will likely be my shout out. We talk about life all the time, and he was like, "You need to make a project called this." That was four years ago, or three, oh, wow. that was, yeah, that was four years ago. He told me that, and we were Damn. sitting, yeah, yeah, we were sitting in like my in my father's restaurant. You know, my father's not really in my life, so it's so ironic. Like, it's bizarre that he came up with this idea while we're sitting there in my father's restaurant and then fast forward you know life imitates art i read that the other day yeah. it's like so true 
And I think, yeah, like like Gabe said, you know, beyond what the lay person might think of with heartbreak, you know, going back to that moment where you're remembering being a young kid and and you just didn't really get it, you know, in the way that now you get it as an adult. Yeah. And it's like that hits, you know, I mean, I definitely can relate to that. You know, it's like it, it definitely hits so differently. And you're like, wow, oh, my God. You know, now that I'm an adult. Yeah. I I can see, like, the sacrifices that were made. I can see, you know, the choices that were made. Yeah. And, you I, like, know. Man, I, you just. Yeah. Uh, you hear the it, stuff that you you know you the people of the people that are older than you always say like man I've been there I've done that trust me you're gonna you're not gonna want to miss this or you're gonna cherish this or like truly live in this moment right now because you it's so true man I'm like and 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 yeah as a kid you're like yeah all right yeah yeah, yeah. no way no way but you're like whoa once once you you know yeah become quote unquote an adult you know you really realize that and you. You kind of can, you know, relate with all these situations that you really could not relate with at all when you were a little kid growing up. Yeah. Um, and, it, and and I think that's so fire that the concept of the album, if only the title, has been brewing for, you know, four years. <laughs> because I feel like that's definitely, you know, tinged all of the songs and had a hand in the construction of the sound of the album overall, you know, knowing that you had that concept in tow for such a long time. Yeah. It's just been like stewing. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's strong for sure. And I think naturally going back to your environment, like there's a lot to draw from, you know, it's like a, it's like an endless well. So, and for people who write for catharsis, man, this, it feels great. I believe it for sure. I know I've been there with just like a few songs I've done myself too. With just once you kind of like just really put all those thoughts you've had bottled up onto like a page and then put it into song, like it's real therapeutic. And you kind of like you get like a whole new perspective on whatever that situation was. It's like now that you've like put all your feelings down, you can like look back on it in like a whole new way. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like clear eyed. Right, yeah. I'm just laying back here, closing my eyes, talking to you guys. This is this is the life, boys. <laughs> Dude, totally, yeah. So I mean, same for us, you know. I mean, and I guess the question is, what's next, you know, for Jake Gatsby? Is Heartbreak Jake wrapped up or is there anything else you're Heartbreak you Jake know, is, trying to do for that Heartbreak rollout? Heartbreak Jake is it. Now we're back to getting booked, so I'm excited to do shows again. I have one that's for sure on the horizon, and then one that's just exciting and actually like a little more real, but it's not, uh, cannot be talked about yet. And then Heartbreak Jake is in the fall, and I think I'm going to come out with one, maybe two songs until then. And then just trying to stay creative. So, like, literally any opportunity to be creative or to talk about being creative it just sparks it keeps everything rolling y'all know it keeps the sticks hot so like i'm right. I'm happy to do it i'm happy to talk to you guys i'm happy to like share in this experience so that it keeps everything everything hot for me so yeah mike you know my i have i have a couple creative friends who i'm who i'm trying to get things going with 
And then uh, I think this is going to end up being a very exciting year. Totally. And, you know, I mean, not to make it too hot or anything, but I kind of heard through the grapevine you might have a uh, track on the way with uh goods perdito who yeah. you know we've been yeah. we've been trying to we've been trying to get him on this podcast but he's been ducking I, me on I see, that's this man saying, is a man. clown bro that's what i'm saying man <laughs> motherfuckers get hollywood you know what i'm saying they do a couple interviews i know yeah <laughs> they do a couple interviews and now they ain't got time for anybody but yeah i I'm, know yeah hey, do I a couple interviews drop songs, a couple man. classic eps you know <laughs> And now we can't lock him down for the pod. <laughs> yeah, somebody has to reach out to him for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'll hit him up on IG, but like I said, motherfuckers got everybody in their DMs. <laughs> this man Brian is a clown, but anyway, though. <laughs> but I yeah, had man. To. I had to. <laughs> but yeah, bro, nah, really, really appreciate you being on the show. Like, it was a great conversation. I loved all the, the insight we got into the EP and the new project. And yeah, so the way we just close it out usually is, I think we told you before, like, if you have anybody that you would like to shout out or spotlight another, you know, fellow creative or whatever yeah. that you want to shine on, yeah. Man, I've got, I've got a, a few, but yeah, somebody that I've looked up to for a, for a long time now, who's one of the most creative people I know and like inspiring in so many ways. He runs a black-owned business, thepopup.com. It's here. They're installed at in the West Loop at the Hoxton Hotel. His name is Kevin Woods, and the the brand is the pop-up at thepopup.com. So, Kevin Woods, shout out to you. You are inspiring. I look up to you, and I'm I'm excited to work with you, my friend. Dope. Shout out to Kevin Woods. You said it's the thepopup.com. Yep, thepopup.com. Okay. Yeah, if, if y'all are into out. like you know, if you're into like a lot of carefully curated streetwear, it's not just like a lot of these other spots just get whatever's rare and try right. and sell it for whatever they could sell it for or whatever's hype. This man works constantly to get stuff that he would wear personally, and he's been on this since before it was cool and before it was trendy. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's truly an experience when you go in there. I had, like y'all can hear it in my voice. I admire. It when I go in there, I am impressed all the time. It's a really good experience, and he is uh, a really good dude. So hopefully, this is like a little alley oop for y'all. That's dope. Definitely. It's, does he have like an actual storefront then, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. So if we're out in if we're out in Chicago, we definitely got to come through. Yeah. If you're if you're in the go, you you must stop by. I think he's at the Hoxton for the next I don't know at least few months. They keep like renewing him. Okay. Yeah. You know, so that's that speaks for itself. So that's my shout out. Oh, I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. Like I said, thank you for being on the show. It was a great chat, great conversation for sure. And I know we're definitely looking forward to that Heartbreak Jake project. But thank we you need guys. that for sure. For sure. We got to <laughs> stay in touch. Definitely, Dude, bro. Please. Definitely. Yeah. Seconded everything Gabe said. Thank you for hopping on. And yeah you know we'll definitely check out your bro's shop and we've got ears peeled for that uh that debut in the fall i appreciate you guys we'll talk soon sounds good bro but yeah so signing off i am gabe i'm brian and this has been your neighbor is one little quick thing at the end make sure to go to my homie jake on ig to check out our boy jake gatsby but we'll check catch y'all later
Deuces. Deuces.